Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, and in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke 3, 1 through 6. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 60 of the New Testament. Listen now for God's living word. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Itria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Well, we've officially entered the season where we can say that Christmas is coming. The Christ child is coming. And Advent is a season of preparing for Christmas. And so the question is, are you prepared? Are you still preparing? And what exactly are you preparing for? Are you preparing for family to arrive into town or preparing to host friends to help bring in the season? I'm sure that there are presents and wrapping on your horizons, and there are parties to host and halls to deck. And if you've not taken time to appreciate the hanging of the greens around these halls, the wonderful work of our church friends to decorate our sanctuary and parish, uh, parish house for Christmas. There's no time quite like today, and if you're ever here in the evening, the sanctuary, the building, it just glows. Gratitude to those many hands who made it possible, but I digress. Perhaps you are preparing for Christmas by listening to music, Christmas music, or are preparing for a chair at the dinner table that might be vacant this year. 
or for family who may not be able to travel? Are you prepared? Are you still preparing? What are you preparing for? There is much to prepare for. And there are many ways that we prepare ourselves in this season. There is preparation that excites us, and there is preparation that sustains us. There's preparation for strong emotions. There's preparation for the one who is coming, the one who will show us hope and peace and joy and love once again. In our scripture this morning, John the baptizer is calling us to prepare the way of the Lord. Now John is quoting the prophet Isaiah. He is drawing on the Hebrew prophets. And John is clear that we are to prepare. John is also clear about what we are to prepare for Every valley will be filled, John says. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ways will be made smooth. All flesh, John says, all flesh will see the salvation of God. We are preparing for incarnation, for God who dwells with us, among us. We are preparing for a child who will be a savior, for Jesus who will live and teach and heal, who will die and rise to make all things new. We are preparing for a transformation of life as we know it, But John, John who lives in the desolate landscape of the desert, John who is described as wild, John does not explain how we are to prepare. Or maybe he does. The scripture says that he proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't seem like much to go on. I mean, I would think he could offer a little more direction than this. But we are left with the prophet's instruction. Make the path straight. Make the road straight. And one commentator on the scriptures put it like this. Those who follow Jesus... They have some road work ahead. We understand this in Michigan, even more so in Detroit. Even my three-year-old daughter knows it. When we turn onto Jefferson and hit a rough patch of road, she asks me, this little voice in the back seat asks me, are we in Detroit yet? You can share that one with your local representative. But Advent is our roadwork season. It is our season for preparing ourselves. And the instruction John provides is a baptism for repentance, for the forgiveness of sin. Now, repentance seems like some pretty serious roadwork, if you ask me. Now, I don't know what kinds of connotations that you have about repentance, Mine are not all positive. I imagine yours are not necessarily. But in the 
biblical sense, repentance is putting oneself in a position to experience God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And the word that John, that the, that the gospel of Luke uses for what John is calling people to, in the Greek Bible, translated as repentance, is the word metanoia. And metanoia means to turn around, to change or renew one's mind, to reorient one's self, one's very being. And so it means that a life and an identity is reoriented, is renewed, is transformed toward God. And to experience metanoia is to experience God. It is to grow in faith, to be further down a path toward God than we were the year before. It means that we seek to know God more and deeper that our identity as a person of God becomes fuller. It means that we are aware of the ways that God is coming into our life and that we are seeking to be conscious of what God is doing. It means that we prepare ourselves knowing that this kind of experience will happen and that the experience of God who dwells in us and lives through us will occur again and again through our lives. The poet and painter Jan Richardson writes of this kind of preparation In a poem, it may not feel like the word is leveling you, she writes. Emptying you as it asks you to give up what you have known. The word prepare is impolite and hardly tame, but when it falls upon your lips, you will wonder at its sweetness like honey that finds its way into the hunger that you have not known was there. Metanoia is like this. It enters into our lives sometimes when we do not expect it, sometimes when we do not see, and yet it means that we will see in a new way that we understand and the way we understand life and faith will happen with more nuance and complexity, that our daily practices are less rote and more intentional. And God, who is always close, we see is coming closer and closer into our lives. With metanoia, we are prepared to recognize and respond to God who comes near. I had an experience of metanoia when I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. It was at a place called the Open Hand Kitchen run by the local St. Vincent de Paul Society. And I do 
find hunger ministries, ministries that serve food insecurity, meaningful, and open hand kitchen was one of these. And like many meal ministries, it served clients of a local shelter run by St. Vincent de Paul, as well as the local working poor in the neighborhood, the people and other people who find their way through the doors. Open Hand Kitchen looks on the outside in just like any other type of meal ministry that serves hot food cafeteria style. And for the most part, they are like those. The meals there, however, were shown to me to offer more than simple sustenance. Open Hand Kitchen was housed in the sanctuary of a retired Roman Catholic church. The parish had been consolidated. The building sat unused. But some people had envisioned a new life in that sanctuary. It was renovated to have more functional floors, and a kitchen was added where the narthex once was in the back of the church, and the pews were removed and replaced with community-style meal tables, and the chancel remains, as well as the beautiful stained glass, as well as the altar carving and other art that hung in the sanctuary. People enter through the side door, they receive a cafeteria-style meal, and then diners sit at tables in this space of this extraordinary sanctuary. From where the volunteers serve the food, looking out toward the altar, you could see a stone carving on the chancel that depicted the disciples gathered with Jesus for the Last Supper. At a glance, Open Hand Kitchen looks like any other meal ministry, but I was volunteering there one Saturday afternoon with my friend Elizabeth, who's the chair of the religion department at a local university, and as we were talking, She said to me, her pastor, I love serving food here because the meal is an act of communion. And I had to stop and take in what I had not seen before, the sanctuary, the tables, the bread broken, the people served the gifts of God for the people of God. I had an experience of metanoia. My mind was renewed. My service was reoriented to God in a way different than it was before. The act of plating food for hungry neighbors was reoriented, sitting and eating with those who gathered with plates, breaking bread with these neighbors, was different than it was before. I saw how God was there in that place in a whole new way. It was more than food and full bellies. 
To eat at Open Hand Kitchen is a very real experience of communion if one is prepared to recognize all the signs around them. It is the kind of communion that goes from the Lord's table out into the world. It's a transformation of self and community because of how God comes to us. That experience reminded me of all the activity in the church during Advent. Hanging of the greens might seem like pulling out ladders and hooking up garlands and wreaths. Music concerts might be the pleasure of enjoying music. Christmas food baskets and uniform collection for nickel schools might be serving neighbors who have a need at this particular time. Healing and wholeness services and conies, carols, and cocoa might be the ways our community gathers together. The angel tree gifts and the party As a faith community, we truly are alive in Advent and Christmas as well as other times in the year, but we are alive for a particular reason. It is because metanoia is happening all around us and within us. Sometimes we have eyes to see, and sometimes God is still opening our eyes. Yes, we do all these things because they bring goodness into the world. They offer light where the world might need some light. But there are also signs, practices, ways that we are recognizing that God is with us. Signs that God's grace is entering the world that we might see it with new eyes and new hearts. Somewhere in the exchange of supporting neighbors and welcoming friends, cooking food and making music, making prayers to God as we hold on to one another in the power of the Holy Spirit, somewhere in the middle of all of this, God is near and God is with us. For God is comes so close, and still we wait for Christmas morning. For all of this is more than service. It is more than music. It is more than food or decorations. It is preparation for that child who is coming at Christmas For Christ, who is coming again and again in our lives, the one whose promise we know will come at the end of time, we are in our season of waiting, of watching, of preparing. Waiting for Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. watching for signs that God is already near, preparing ourselves for a renewing, a reorienting of God's people to God. 
O come, O come, Emmanuel. May we ever be so prepared for the gifts that God brings, gifts of peace and of hope that might just reorient the ways we live our faith again and again. Thanks be to God. Amen.